Diehard fans. Dodger diehards. Diehard Dodger fan. The blue is back. Full steam. This is the home of L.A. Dodgers baseball. David Bassey live at Petco Park where the tarp is back on the field and the rain is falling here at Petco Park. First pitch was scheduled for 640. I was speaking to some of the events coordinators and managers uh, down on the field about 10 minutes ago and they told me they believe that they are going to have first pitch at 7.30 tonight here from Petco Park in game one of this three-game series between the Dodgers and Padres. This is rain-delay Dodger talk. Never thought I would say that from San Diego, but here we are because of a hurricane off the coast of Mexico. San Diego is getting hit with the rain. It's been raining all day long, uh, at times lighter than others, and right now it's raining pretty hard on the field, and that's why uh, both pitchers went to the bullpen and walked back to the dugout. In fact, uh, the Dodger coaches were out on the were on the top step, keeping an eye on whether or not Mike Clevenger was going to come out and warm up, and that was going to be an indication on whether or not this game was going to start on time. There's some gamesmanship there. Obviously, this being the Padres' home ballpark, they have a little clearer idea and sooner idea on when a game is going to be delayed. So that's the reason why there were a handful of Dodger staff members in the dugout keeping an eye on whether or not Clevenger went out to warm up before the tarp came on the field. They started to uh, put uh, covering on the mound here on the main field. They started to cover the mounds in the bullpens and Clevenger, Mike Clevenger, the Padres starter, never went out to warm up in the bullpen and Dustin May was starting to get loose in the outfield. He went out to the Dodger bullpen and immediately was turned back and I guess he saved some bullets there where he did not have to warm up and then cool down. The Dodgers had some sort of uh, idea that this was not going to happen at 640 tonight so Uh, I have just gotten word confirming what I reported on Sportsnet LA that they are aiming to start this game at 7.30. Dodger bullpen catcher, it looks like Steven Shalati is starting to make his way out to the Dodger bullpen. Um, The Padres are wearing their City Connect uniforms, and there's a handful of those players heading out towards the outfield. So uh, the rain is starting to ease up a little bit here which makes us believe that that is accurate what they are getting as far as reports that they will be able to start this game at 7:30 between the Dodgers and Padres 866-987-2570 is the phone number David Vasse live at Petco Park as we are awaiting first pitch between the Dodgers and Padres game one of this three game series the Dodgers have the chance to clinch the NL West here at Petco Park on Sunday afternoon if they were able to sweep this three-game series from the Padres. The Dodgers' magic number is at five right now. It goes down by two with any combination of Dodger wins and Padres' losses. So when you're going head-to-head, the magic number comes down in a hurry as it did last week at Dodger Stadium when the Dodgers took two out of three from San Diego. So 
Right now, the magic number is at five. If the Dodgers don't clinch here, they more than likely will clinch in Arizona. And we all remember the first of these uh, NL West championships that have taken place over the course of the last uh, 10 years started in Arizona when a group of Dodgers, after clinching, had a pool party out there in the Diamondbacks' uh, swimming pool beyond right field. So I'm not sure these Dodgers are as brash uh, going out there. And, oh, we just got official word. The new first pitch start time is not 7.30. It looks like it's going to be 7.20, so a little earlier than expected. We are going to have first pitch at 7.20 tonight between the Dodgers and Padres. Rick Monday and Charlie Steiner will be on the call, and uh, that's great news. And we'll see how much baseball they can get in because, look, you got two pitchers on the mound tonight that have undergone Tommy John surgery. Mike Clevenger has undergone Tommy John surgery twice. Uh, he's just starting to get his sea legs underneath him. So um, oh, Eric Karros is giving me a hard time right now that uh, I said no earlier than 730. Oh, wow. Karros coming at me hot. Wow. Ten minutes earlier than I thought. Sorry. Uh, things change. Weather changes. Weather pattern changes. All right. First pitch is at 720 between the Dodgers and Padres tonight. So that's great news, and that's why we're seeing a lot of movement from both dugouts coming out there. But going back to my original point, uh, Mike Clevenger has undergone two Tommy John surgeries. The Dodgers, uh, Dustin May, as you know, is making his fourth start since coming off Tommy John surgery. Neither one of these managers or teams want to compromise the health, the long-term health, of both of these pitchers. So if there is a another extended rain delay don't expect to see either one of these pitchers come back and pitch and i guess the best case scenario for the dodgers specifically is if there is a rain delay it comes after the fifth inning and they are winning or losing the reason why i say winning or losing at this point in time in the season no win or loss is more valuable to the dodgers than the health of their players and especially um, the health of their bullpen. Everybody just focuses on starting pitching when they talk about health, but um, when it comes to the bullpen, load management, especially for guys like Evan Phillips and Alex Vesia that have been there from day one and have not taken a break, is vital to the Dodgers' hopes in October. 866-987-2570 is the phone number. This is... Rain delay Dodger talk from Petco Park as we await first pitch between the Dodgers and Padres, which officially is happening at 7.20 tonight. Now, before the game or before this rain delay, I had a chance to catch up with Dodger third baseman Justin Turner, who yesterday was named the Dodgers' Roberto Clemente nominee, and he certainly values that because uh, it reflects all the work that he and his wife Courtney have done with the Justin Turner Foundation. They just held their second annual Turner Trot benefiting the foundation at Dodger Stadium last Sunday. Justin Turner woke up at probably six in the morning and then played Sunday night baseball. So that just shows you how committed he is to trying to help the city. And the one thing that sticks out to me the most about Justin and what he does was during the pandemic, when small businesses were struggling to stay alive, he actually would buy the food from a Mexican restaurant and feed kids at school. 
So he was helping on both ends of, uh, of the spectrum. He was keeping the small businesses alive by buying the food. And then on the other end, where kids would get free meals at school that were not getting them during the pandemic, he was feeding them. So to me, that's the one thing that really sticks out to, uh, as far as all the work the Justin Turner Foundation has done. And I caught up with Justin earlier today. Justin, congratulations on being the Dodgers nominee for the Roberto Clemente Award. I know it means a lot to you and Courtney. Well, before we try to uh, get into the important stuff, let's just mention the last time that you were on TV for a road game, uh, you ended up in the hospital. So I'm glad it's raining in San Diego and you can't go climb over the Tony Gwynn statue or something in center and try to ice block down the hill. So for your health. Maybe I'll slide on the tarp. Oh, tarp slides in. Tarp slides in. You won't. No, I, I, the locks at my house would be changed if I did that. <laughs> Oh, anyways, yeah. So, yeah, pretty exciting news. Um, finding out that uh, you know, I get to be the representative of the Dodgers for the Roberto Clemente nominee again this year, and uh, it's something that Court and I are very proud of, and and don't take for granted, especially with all the great stuff that you know guys in this clubhouse do in the community throughout the season and the off season as well. You always talk about leadership when it comes to baseball, but is this an example of leadership for the new Dodgers on their responsibilities to the city? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, I've had um, great examples set for me in my career with David Wright and in New York and then coming over here and I, I talk about Clayton and Ellen and what they do uh, for Kershaw's Challenge and Adrian Gonzalez and Betsy Gonzalez and what they did with their foundation. Uh, so I always had the bar set pretty high for me and uh, I think it's important to uh, help guys understand the, the platform that we're giving and how impactful they can be, uh, even with the smallest gestures. It doesn't have to be some giant, uh, huge event or, or uh, something with all kinds of cameras, but just even the little things uh, go a long way. What made you feel the responsibility to do what you're doing with the Justin Turner Foundation? Because it's not like you have to do all this, but it seems like you've taken on that burden to a certain extent. Well, I think it's something that you know, even from early on in my career, getting asked by teams, by the Mets and by the Dodgers to get out in the community and, and go into hospitals and go to schools and visiting kids and, and doing things. Uh, the Dodgers do an outstanding job uh, in the city of Los Angeles getting out and they have so many programs and initiatives, um, you know, that I've gotten a chance to take part of. Um, but being able to have our own foundation and set up things on our own and do them, you know, when we want to do them, uh, was important to us and it's something that you know court and I have fallen in love with it, it's uh, helping people and lifting people up in times of need uh, is something that I think uh, a lot of people want to do but don't necessarily have the platform to do so we look at the Justin Turner Foundation as uh, an avenue for people who want to help people who want to get involved but don't necessarily have that platform uh, as a channel to go through us uh, to reach out and, and affect people's lives. Yeah, it's a great thing and it's tangible. We could see the change that you and Courtney are making in the city. Speaking of changes, did you hear about the changes in rules for next year in Major League Baseball? What's your first reaction to seeing all this? Yeah, I don't think it's uh, really that big of a surprise. I think, um, you know, over the last couple of years in the minor leagues, there's been a lot of stuff being tested out, um, you know, with pitch clocks and, and automated strike zones and, and the bigger bases. And uh, we knew something was coming. And 
um, you know, I guess it, it's getting put in next year and uh, it's going to be something that we're, we, we're going to have to get used to. I know we've talked to a lot of guys um, who have gone down on rehab assignments and experienced the pitch clocks and whatnot. And uh, it, surprisingly, a lot of guys actually were in favor for it. So, um, you know, anything that's going to make the game better and move the game in a better direction, I think is great as long as it's not affecting the results or the outcomes of games and, and putting that in jeopardy. Well, you're the perfect person to ask about the elimination of defensive shifts. You're a guy that has talked about and preached having different clubs in your bag. A lot of hitters have not had those different clubs and have not been able to beat the shift. Now, all of a sudden, baseball now has to put in this rule. How do you feel about the defensive shifts being eliminated because hitters don't try to beat it? Yeah, I think you can see it, look at it two different ways. It, it, you know, without the shifts, ideally, you're hoping to promote offense and seeing more action and more hits. But at the same time, I think one of the problems in baseball was guys, you know, trying to hit pull side homers, which lead to more strikeouts and, and less action. And now I think without the shift, it might promote or enhance more guys getting rewarded for trying to hit pull side homers and missing the ball and, and rolling over through the six hole or rolling over through the four hole and getting rewarded for it. So um, I think only time will tell whether or not it, it actually helps baseball. I do think there'll be a lot more base hits. I don't know if it's going to help us cut down on strikeouts. So. It'll cut down on your steps. You won't have to go all the way to second base. Yeah, yeah. I, it, uh, you know, we can't wear electronics on the field, but I, I'm pretty sure as a third baseman in the league will be happy that uh, they're going to not have to be running back and forth across the diamond all night. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. Hey, be safe out there. Bigger picture, don't slip in this rain, or I hope the Dodgers and the Padres come to some cooler uh, heads here when it comes to this uh, wet weather, the wet field here. Not really used to uh, draining here at Petco Park, so be safe out there. Yeah, we've, there were some questions about how the field drains down here, and uh, I think uh, Phil Bickford asked, asked Bardo, because Bardo played here, and he said, <laughs> Bardo said, Bick, I played here for three years and never even knew we had a tarp. So uh, don't know how this field's going to hold water. Obviously, I know Doc and, uh, and the Padres will walk the field, and, and Bob Melvin will walk the field and make sure it's playable and safe for everyone. And uh, hope to get it in, um, but also at the same time, you know, got to keep everyone's safety in mind. No doubt. Thanks a lot for the time, Justin. Stay classy. <laughs> Stay off the tarp, Dave. <laughs> Hey, the tarp is off the field right now. That was Justin Turner. If you want to, if you missed any of that interview, you can podcast it on the iHeartRadio app, and that's where you can find all of our Dodger talk shows and Dodger radio content on the iHeartRadio app. The tarp is off the field. First pitch is at 7.20 tonight between the Dodgers and Padres. It was originally scheduled for 6.40. So right now, the Dodgers, Dustin May is out there warming up, getting ready for first pitch. Mike Clevenger. The Padres starter is out there warming up, getting ready for first pitch. Game one of this three-game series that has seen the Dodgers dominate the Padres over the course of the last 21 games. The Dodgers are 18-3 against the Padres. I guess you could say, who's your daddy? And that would be the Dodgers. I know, cheap joke. Anyway, Dodgers and Padres getting set for game one of this three-game series. And yes, in case you missed the news earlier today, Major League Baseball announced they are moving forward with four significant rules changes to uh, Major League Baseball next year, starting with a slightly wider base. Yeah, 
first base, second base, third base, all of a sudden is going to be a little bit larger. And <laughs> Rich Hill, the former Dodger, obviously thinks it's a joke because during uh, Red Sox batting practice in Baltimore, he took out a big, um, I guess, uh, massage therapy pad and took the base, third base, out of the dirt and then slapped this massage mat that is humongous at the third base bag location. So I really believe he's mocking what Rob Manfred uh, said would incentivize more stolen bases. You heard what Rick Monday had to say earlier in the pregame show. Nobody is buying that for a second. Nobody is going to steal more bases because the base is a little bit wider. There is a philosophy amongst front office people that don't believe in risking outs for a stolen base. Until that changes, there won't be more stolen bases. And maybe, maybe it saves some injuries at first base with a wider bag, so there's a little bit more room to navigate around there. But for me, if you're going to sell a larger base, it would be to lessen the injury risk at first base for everybody involved. It's not to incentivize stealing more bases. Another significant change is a pitch clock, the implementation of what's happening at AAA, a pitch clock where it will supposedly take off at least 30 minutes from every single game. So basically baseball's trying to go back to two and a half hour baseball games, which nobody is opposed to, and talking to Dodger pitchers and players that have gone out on rehab assignments at AAA this year, they're all in favor for the pitch clock. They all said it was a great experience. What they said wasn't a great experience was an automated strike zone. Nobody's in favor of that. But as far as the pitch clock goes, everybody that I've spoken to that has played at AAA this year for the Oklahoma City Dodgers in some form or fashion have told me that, look, the pitch clock is great. It'll speed the game along and give it a better pace. Uh, the one thing, talking to Ron Renneke when we were in Milwaukee, he did believe you needed to add at least five more seconds when there was a runner on base, not to rush, rush the pitcher in that situation. Another significant change that I believe will help the game maybe uh, almost as much as a pitch clock is eliminating the defensive shifts where a left-handed hitter is up and they load the right side of the infield and even sometimes the right side of the outfield. How many times do we see Manny Machado last year for the Padres play the rover position in between the second baseman who was on shallow right field and Manny Machado was in between the right fielder and the second baseman. The Padres haven't done that uh, nearly as much this year because it was kind of wearing down on, on uh, Machado. So he convinced the Padres, yeah, it's not the best idea for us. So the new rule will be to have two infielders on each side of the second base bag, and they have to be on the infield dirt. Now, in the NFL and the NBA, they have illegal defenses. Baseball having an illegal defense is not a horrible thing in this situation. I guess to a certain extent, if you wanted to look at it through another view and a realistic view, it's somewhat embarrassing for hitters today that they don't beat the shift. They don't go the other way. Here we are in San Diego, the home of Tony Gwynn, who made a living out of beating defenses. Hit them where they're not, is what he used to say. And he wasn't trying to slug. 
He was only trying to hit 400 every single year and came very close during the lockout shortened season of 1994. But to a certain extent, it's an indictment of hitters today and what they get rewarded for in free agency and arbitration to just slug and strike out 180 times instead of taking what the defense gives you. So that is now out. And also another great benefit of eliminating the shifts is more athleticism up the middle with the shortstop and the second baseman. You're going to see the great plays that we grew up watching, players like Derek Jeter, Nomar Garcia-Para, Miguel Tejada, make plays at shortstop, athletic plays at shortstop, and you're going to see great double plays. You're going to see players like Ozzie Smith smile again and you know be able to show off the great athletes that we have today in Major League Baseball. When you position them and with these uh, anal- with the information where they don't really have to move more than five steps, yeah, it's great, yeah, it's efficient, but it's not entertaining. And we all want to see the great athleticism our Major League players have, and uh, with the elimination of the shifts, it's really going to put that back on display. It'll be interesting to see if moving forward next year, the Dodgers will play Max Muncie at second base because he is not your prototypical second baseman, despite many of the Dodgers and Muncie himself saying his best defensive position is second base. We haven't seen him over there too much, but uh, with no shifts in place where he could have some help on the right side, can he still play second base? That's a question the Dodgers are going to have to start asking themselves moving forward for 2023. And speaking of Max Muncie, He is not in the Dodgers lineup tonight, despite hitting three home runs in his previous two games. He is on fire right now. The Dodgers are not cooling him off on purpose, but with the day off yesterday, they felt like it was the right time to give Max Muncy a quarter zone injection in his left knee. That's his back leg when he hits. And since he came back and really started hitting the baseball, it has a lot to do with him doing the the kickback in his swing and it's been kind of pounding on his left knee. So um, the Dodgers uh, decided with the day off yesterday it would behoove Muncie to not play tonight with the quarter zone injection getting done after Wednesday's game. He will not be in the starting lineup tomorrow. He may be used off the bench, but the earliest you can expect to see Max Muncie back in the Dodgers starting lineup is going to be Sunday afternoon here at Petco Park. And corrections and retractions, by the way, the Dodgers' magic number is at six, not five, but it still stands that if they do sweep this three-game series, they will clinch the NL West Sunday afternoon right here at Petco Park. First pitch between the Dodgers and Padres is coming up at 7.20. It was scheduled for 6.40. The tarp is off the field. The field here at Petco Park looks like it has drained very nicely. So uh, there were a lot of puddles out here earlier. It's been raining all day in San Diego, but luckily um, the the field has drained very nicely. And By the way, this is only the 10th delay in Petco Park history. It's the 8th rain delay here in... uh, in San Diego, the last time they had a delay 
was against the Braves on September 24th, 2021. And the last time the Padres had a rainout here in San Diego was when the Dodgers were in town back in May of 2017. So this does not happen too often here in San Diego. And the last time the Dodgers had a rainout at Dodgers Stadium was all the way back in 2000. So over 20 years since the Dodgers had a rainout at Dodgers Stadium. Uh, it happened so free, uh, unfrequently uh, that the tarp is at the 76 gas station at Dodger Stadium. It's not even in the ballpark. So uh, that's uh, something very rare that we don't see too often here uh, in Southern California. Rain delays and let alone uh, rain outs. But the last time there was a rain out in Petco Park, it was back in 2017, uh, May of 2017, when the Dodgers were here as well. Dodgers and Padres getting set for first pitch. Uh, Mike Clevenger on the mound for the Padres. Dustin May back on the mound for the Dodgers. And Dustin May saw the Padres last week at Dodger Stadium, so he'll have a chance for redemption because he did not pitch very well. Only 60% of his pitches were in the strike zone. So he'll look to correct that tonight. And like I mentioned on the pregame show, I noticed an angry Dustin May since that start in San Diego. He has not been happy with himself. I'm sure not just with the start against the Padres, but certainly against the Marlins as well, where he did not fill up the strike zone. So we'll look to see whether or not his command is back tonight here against the Padres. The starting lineups are being announced here at Petco Park. A lot of Dodger fans in attendance, as it usually is the case. They stuck around, and they will be rewarded with baseball coming up at 7.20. We're going to step aside when we return from Petco Park. Rick Monday and Charlie Steiner will have the words I view. Game one of this three-game series between the Dodgers and Padres is next, right here on the Los Angeles Dodgers Audio Network.